We hope you enjoy this message from Expression Church of Huntington. 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 1. You know, one of the things that we, um, as we strive to really be what God has called us to be in our life, one of the things that um, we come accustomed to as Christians, especially after we come into the kingdom of God and we've come in and we, the, the Lord's just kind of doing some wonderful things in our life, it's, it's a, a cliche and we kind of come accustomed to live in that God's about to do something. God's gonna do. God's about to cross us over and God's gonna do something. Well, I'm reminded uh, in Exodus when the children of Israel were in Egypt and they were in bondage under the Pharaoh's um, slavery and they were building cities for Pharaoh. And as they were under there, God, they just kept saying, God, do something, get us out of here, get us out of here, get come on, do something, get us out. You know, it, it, it's a pressure when you're underneath something trying to go somewhere. It really is pressure. But I tell you, the greater pressure is when God moves you out from underneath the restrictions, and now you're out here, and the only restriction you have is not from other people, it's what's inside of here. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. It's harder to live in freedom and responsibility than it is to live underneath somebody else's rules and relationship. I mean, they, when they come up out of Egypt, they're thinking, gosh, what would I do if I didn't have the pressure that I have? What would, how would I live? How would I come out from underneath all of this and here I am here and you know, what do I do? You know, sometimes it's just nice to have somebody else to blame. You know what I'm talking about? It's sometimes it just feels good to go, it's her fault. It's his fault. It's that job. It's that, if I didn't have this, if I didn't have that, what if you didn't have those restrictions in your life? The children of Israel come to that place, 400 years, 10 and a half generations underneath the pressure of life. And all of a sudden, one day, God said, I'm taking you out. You're coming out from, out from underneath the things that you've been looking at as your scapegoat, as your, your, your crutch. Those, I'm t I heard you cry, and I'm bringing you out. Now that you're coming out, what do you do? Can you live a responsible life in freedom with opportunities in front of you that are unlimited? What we just prayed over these children. Can you live without having to have something over top of your head that's always got you striving and driving. What do you do when God breaks you out of the prison chains and now all you have ahead of you is opportunity? Would you feel more comfortable or will you create something for yourself that puts you back up underneath some slavery, whatever it looks like, just so you can get the comfort of knowing God's gonna? The church has progressed in such a way and matured in such a way in the last couple of decades because there was a time when we blamed denominations. We really don't have those to blame anymore. We then blamed the fight between traditional music and contemporary music. That really isn't a fight anymore, right? We, brought, we, 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 we thought, well, it's the government. It's all the regulations. It's all the things. Well, you know, there's opportunity now. There's change that's happened. And, and, and what used to hold you back, some of you, I just talked to somebody the other day and they were just, from, they live in North Carolina and they called me on the phone and they said, man, I was in a bad marriage for 25 years. And I said, what you, what, what's happened? They said, well, I'm, we're divorced now. And I said, 
And after a few minutes of conversation, I could tell they were used to living in that slavery in their mind. It was easier to live in the 25 years of misery than it is now to live with opportunity and having no excuse. Now what do I do? And I'll tell you what most people do. Most people find another situation to get themselves up underneath because they do not know how to live in freedom. And most people settle in that position of life. And some people are thinking, I know what you're thinking. I don't know how I can, I mean, you don't know what I've got. I mean, I've got so much stuff up underneath me right now. I don't even know what I'm gonna do. I've got so much pressure. I've got this hanging over me, this hanging over me, this hanging over me. I got these kids, those kids, and everybody else's kids too. And I got this bill, that bill, and all these things here. Yeah, and you're carrying a lot of weight. You really are. Many of us are carrying lots of weight. But I'm telling you, you're freer to make choices and decisions than you've ever been in your life. The question is, will you make those choices? Will you make those decisions? And do you have the courage and the boldness to step out and knock your situation off balance? Because if you're waiting on God to do it, there's a good chance God's waiting on you to do something. I've learned in my life, while we're waiting on God, God's waiting on us. He's not gonna force you. And sometimes it's good just to knock the thing off balance. And if you don't knock it off balance, I promise you, God is so good in his grace and faithfulness, he'll knock it off balance for you. And then we'll think he's correcting us or chastising us or hurting us or God's trying to kill us. I mean, I want you to think about this. Moses was on the backside of the desert. God calls Moses and says, go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. I want them free, right? Moses says, I, I can't even talk. Then God looks at him, next, next passage of scripture, Moses wasn't circumcised and God was gonna kill him. How many, sometimes when you get called, it looks like you're about ready to die. And in between the time that you take the step and the time you see the fruit coming to pass, it's a struggle and it's a strain. And, the, and if you're not careful in well-doing, you will quit. You'll lay down and the first temptation that we have when we're in the middle of that situation is this, who can I blame? Who, because I need help from somebody. I need help. This person can help me. That person can help me. That's got to help. And you start smothering and you start smothering. And when you start smothering, you start responding and reacting. And when you start reacting and responding to the situation, you know what you do? You find somebody you can hang that thing on. Adam did it to Eve. Eve did it to the devil. We're always looking for somebody to push that thing off on. When reality is, what is God doing in my life right now? I can take the good decisions I've made in the past the bad decisions I've had in the past, the no decisions I've had in the past, all of those culminate to where I am right this moment. So what, not what got you where you are, where are you? And what do you do from here? The children of Israel were just in that place. God brought them out of slavery. They were 40 years in the wilderness. God raised up Samuel as a prophet. Then they had judges. Here's what happened. Samuel, all the judges had passed away in verse one. Samuel comes to the light and he says, now it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over all of Israel. The name of the firstborn was Joel and the name of the second was Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in the ways of the Lord. They turned aside dishonest gain, took bribes, perverted justice. Then all the elders of the Israel, look at this. The, the religious leadership came together and they went to Samuel, the prophet, at Ramah. And here's what they said. Look, you're old. Your sons do not walk in your ways. 
Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Here's what's happening. Everybody's looking for somebody. But I'm telling you that the season that the church is in right this moment and the season your life is in, you're looking for someone out there when really the answer is in here. If you're looking, and here's how your test will be. If you're looking, if you can blame somebody else, there's a good chance the answer's within your, your heart. Watch. Look, you're old when they say you do not walk in your ways. Now make us a judge and a king over all, like, like all the nations. Why do they want to be all the other? Here's what happens. They got their eyes on all the heathen nations. And this is really what has happened in the church over the last couple of decades. The church has not had a real clear picture and a clear voice of what we're really supposed to be saying. We're doing the best we know how but we're all struggling and strain as we're in this transition. We've gone through political upheaval, we've gone through governmental upheaval, we've gone through religious upheaval, family upheaval, I mean, social upheaval. It's just been crazy over the last couple of decades, so the church is looking for some real voices, a real message that's coming from, from God. What are you telling us and where are we? And here's what happens. Because there's not a clear message and a clear voice, the judges, the people that have been in power, the people that have been speaking, it's been so confusing because you got one of them endorsing one thing, another one endorsing another, and the people of God are confused. And it's been like that for the last couple of decades. But there's a clarity that has rang in the church here in the last just little small bit. And a real succinct message that's saying, truly nothing is impossible to them that believe. And you don't have to have the, 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 the chains and the, and, the, and, the, and the garb on you to walk forward in the things that God wants for you. It's time to step out and move forward in what God has called you to do. Be who he's called you to be. Don't look at all the reasons why it's not worked. Take all your baggage that you have in the past, discard it, bring it forward as far as the experience, but don't let it, don't live out of those things. That way you're offended at everybody else that's going on, right? We all got stuff. Everybody's coming forward with stuff, but, we got, but regardless of that, we're coming forward, Right? So now the message is becoming clear that God loves you, but here's the problem. God loves you, but does that mean we're looking to the nations for what a king should look like? Are we looking to the world system? Has the church stood back and went, well, gosh, that's what they do in Hollywood. That's what they do on you know, CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC, that tells us. So are we looking for that to shape our, our, our image of what God really is? Has that happened to us over the last bit? I'm gonna tell you that I think it has. All I gotta do is look at social media. And you got the Republicans fighting the Democrats. You got the Fox News people fighting MSNBC. You got this person's a hater and that person's a hater. This person's against this one, this person's against this one. And then you don't want to think other, other it's become the... It's become the polished Jerry Springer show. Just polished with higher ratings, right? And they're not all from West Virginia and Kentucky and Ohio, right? What reason I tell you that is this. I want us to wake up to the reality of what really God is saying to the church right now. If I could just picture what God has done in bringing the children of the church out of the bondage, we're not in religion anymore. You don't have to stay there. We're not in restrictions of all the things that have held us back anymore. Yes, we got stuff in our life that we have to work through. 
Everybody's got their stuff they gotta work through. But the reality of it is, if you use that as your crutch, you're still in Egypt and you'll never possess what God has for you. Sometimes you just have to move forward even when you don't feel like moving forward. You have to go on even when it's heavy. Even when you're worried and weary and tired, you have to still move forward. Even when you can't muster up enough energy to even say a prayer. And all this garb that we've gone through the last few decades when we say things like, well, you know, it's positive confession. There's just times I don't want to do a positive confession. Bless them, Lord. If I hear that sometimes, I just want to smack somebody. You might know what I'm talking about. Oh, you're around all these people and they're going, bless them, God. Bless them. Praise the Lord. They can't even have a conversation with you. Bless them. Amen. Amen. And you know what I want to do sometimes? I want to just say something just so bad just so they can't say amen. <laughs> just if they'll say it anyway. It's just frustrating at times because people are living in this artificial world where God has brought us out of artificiality and superficiality into the, the supernatural. So listen, we are not in Egypt anymore. We have come out of the world. Now that we're out of the world, we have got to learn to settle and be in a place where God has called us to be and live and function in the kingdom in freedom without putting those shackles and chains back on us again. And the first thing they did when they come out of there with no judges was to look at the nations and say, that's what we want. The church cannot afford, after coming out of religion for the last couple of decades, getting caught up in all the politics of this world, getting caught up in all the news media and the social media of this world and coming out right now and start looking at that and reforming the church based on that instead of what God is saying, right? We can't look at that and go, oh, thank God for Sean Hannity or thank God for that person or that. No, let them do what they're supposed to do. You glean from what you need to glean from, but it better be what God is saying and there needs to be an apostolic prophetic voice rise up in the church in America to begin to speak forth what God is saying, not what God will do, but what God is doing. And I feel like what God is saying right now for us is, get your eyes off all of that, get your eyes on the personal responsibility of your own freedom. You can't change Washington, but you can change your street. You can change your house. You can change your attitude. That's where it's all boiling down to. And if we all take the step together with our focus on internally, all this other stuff will be byproducts rather than us looking for them to give us a king. Look what happens. Verse six. But the thing displeased Samuel, the prophet, the prophetic voice that put his men in place, even though they were corrupt. This not a priest to somebody. Even though they were corrupt, he was putting them in place. And the leaders, in good moral honesty, come and said, we can't have your guy, Samuel. Why? We just can't have him there. I can't, I'm not gonna get political today, but you can put your own sentence in there. We can't have him in those leadership positions. We can't have him running the country because they're corrupt. Look what he says. They said, give us a king to judge us. We want somebody else, Samuel, somebody that, we, that qualifies. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. Look what happens. And the Lord said to Samuel, heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they haven't rejected you, Samuel, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Samuel, what he's saying is, Samuel, look, 
they're screaming and petitioning me because they're looking for a voice that looks like the world. They're looking at other heathen nations and say, well, they got a king, and here's what he looks like. He fights for them. He stands up for them. He, he, they, they're doing well over there. There's prosperity in that nation. Look at that education and intellectual property over there. Look at look what they're doing over there. Look how fenced they are. Look at the trade deficit over here, the trade deficit. They're looking across the globe and going, hey, we gotta have somebody like that. God looks at them and says, Samuel, I never intended for them to have that. I never wanted them to have a man that looked like the world. They're rejecting me. I want to reign over them. Look at the next verse. According to all thy works, which they have done since the day that I brought them out of Egypt. Here he goes. He's reminding them. I brought them out of slavery, brought them to a place where they could live in freedom, not free to do anything they want to do, but they're free from the things that restrict them. Not free to sin, you're free from sin. Right? So they're looking at him saying, hey, gosh, I'm bringing you out of this place. Let me just bring it real, real to you. Yes, you may have went through a divorce, but now you're here. Do you have a choice to make when you're in this position? Now that I've got some stuff here, that I've got some hurts and some pains, you just can't jump back into something that caused you, that you think is a little bit of salve, but it very well could be the very thing that caused the restrictions. Don't jump from one restriction and one slavery moment to another. I know a guy, I know a bunch of guys, but I know this guy, and this one guy, he really in his heart, all through college, man, he wanted, he wanted to drink. He wanted to drink. He grew up in a Pentecostal church like I did. And that wasn't for, permittable. You just couldn't do that. He just didn't drink. He grew up. And I want to I do it. I wanna, but he couldn't do it. So underneath all of that pressure of the rules, he wasn't about to touch it. Right? He goes away to college when there wasn't anybody watching him. He gets hooked up with a a freedom church. Oh, I'm going somewhere today. He gets hooked up with a freedom church. They tell him it's okay to do anything you want to do. We're not going to condemn you. Hey, Paul said it. All things are lawful, just not all things are good for you. Right? So what's he do? He's not drinking a few glasses of beer and wine because he wants it. He's just actually in his heart rebelling from when he grew up. He just don't know it. He's proven to himself that he can do that because he learned not to do it for so long but wanted to. And here's what happened. He calls me after about five years. He says, Ben, I need to get in a rehab. I said, what happened? Man, you didn't grow up that way. He says, man, I, I don't know what happened. He said, I started just drinking a few beers. The next thing I know, I'm out with these guys, and then I met a girl, and when I met the girl, we're out having beer too, and next thing you know, I'm partying, and before you know it, I'm, I don't, I, here's his words. I don't know how I got here. I need help. I said, go back to the church that we grew up in. He said, I can't go under that. He said, I said, you knew how to live under those restrictions. You don't know how to live in freedom. 
He said, help me. Help me get out. I said, now you know what I gotta do? I gotta help you get out of, of, your, of, your, of your addiction is step one. I've gotta get you out of that so I can get you learning how to end up in freedom. Otherwise, you'll find something else to get yourself in bondage to. You have got to learn to live in freedom with responsibility, making choices that are gonna to go towards your future and not get you in a mess that you gotta get yourself out of. And he says, man, I can't believe you're not making this a message about alcohol. And I said, it's not about alcohol. It's about choices that take you into your future, not taking you into your past, that hold you hostage. I don't care about beer. Even though nobody's ever come to me and said, hey, you're not gonna believe this. I got that promotion because I got drunk the other night. Nobody's ever done that, ever. It's never happened. But I will tell you this. I got a lot of people coming to me so when saying, I have opportunity. I had a, a Barry this morning. Barry, here's Barry. Barry works for a company. Started a bit, been there for a long time. Started a, a side business. And while he was under his side business, he was doing it very slowly. Just a little bit, a little bit at a time. So he comes to me this morning. He says, man, he goes, you wouldn't believe what's happened. I said, what? He goes, I went to my boss and I told him, I said, you know, I've been doing this side business for a little bit. He said, and it's, you know, it's starting to grow a little bit. He goes, and this little bit at a time, he said, but man, it's, I don't know what to do. He said, you know, it's, I don't want it to conflict with my job. And his boss looked at him and says, why don't we become a customer of yours? And Barry says, what, what, what do you mean? He said, we'll sign a contract with you. He said, are you ready? And Barry went, I'm not ready. Why? Because it was easier to live under the restriction over here what, what God was gonna do if Barry ever got free to do what God wanted him to do. In a moment's time, instantly, the chain was broken. He went from what God was gonna do to what God was doing. And Barry went, oh my God, now what do I do? <laughs> right? I'm telling you, that's to you. That is for you, that is for us. That's where the body of Christ is right now. And if you're looking back to Egypt, you'll find yourself there. If you're looking for a king or the world system to be your, 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 your picture that you're gonna, your model and role model to go after, you're gonna miss what God's doing. You're not, don't get caught up in all this craziness that's going all around you. Stay focused on you, your career, your relationship with God, your family, what God's telling you to do, and make the appropriate choices right in front of you that only you can make. Don't get caught up in the choices in somebody else's life. Get caught up in the choices in your life. Make those choices and be prepared to go forward because like never before, God is accelerating things like I have never seen it. As, as Barry told me that story this morning, I could name dozens and dozens of people in the last three or four years that felt real confident with the restriction and that God was going to do something. And the moment they got thrust out into God, oh my God, they're trying to get back up underneath the restriction because there's comfort in what God's going to do. It's scary what God is doing. You pray for a husband or a wife and he sends you one. It's so much easier to pray for one. You pray for a job and here it comes. Pray for a house to move into and somebody comes along and wants to buy yours. What do you do? You gotta get moving. You gotta get ready. 
just as a clarion call to you and, a, and an amplified version, the trumpet is blowing. You ain't in Egypt anymore. You're not even in the wilderness, even though it feels like you're in the wilderness. You're not in the wilderness anymore because Moses died. Joshua, Yeshua, Jesus himself has risen from the grave, resides in you, turned the entire world upside down for you. He's moving portals that you couldn't even get in. He's putting them right in front of your face. He's making things happen that you can't even pray about. You don't even know how to pray about it and he's doing it. Most of the time we spend our prayer life of things that are in our way. God, I need you to move that. I need you to answer this. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Oh God, if you'll just, I just need a little bit of energy. God, if you'll just, a little sanity sometimes, you know what I'm talking about? God, do this, do this, do, and what about this? God, I see the opportunity and I do not have the courage or the boldness or the resources or whatever to go through that door. And you know what he'll do? He'll do what we think he'll do. He'll put us back over here and say, don't worry about it, do it later. No, that's not my experience. My experience is he'll shove your face in it. He will push you right to the place he wants you to be. They wanted a king. They didn't want God. They wanted somebody else show me. Somebody else take the responsibility for, change the laws. That's what we need, we need laws change. If laws change, that'll help us. All the laws do when they change is help you make a decision. You make a choice. There's no government program that's ever gonna replace your choice. There's no social program that's ever gonna put you in a place that your choice can't, man, we prophesied over all of those kids. We gave them a deed to the land. And here's the unfortunate part about this whole thing. Do you know how many adults are still wandering around trying to figure out who is king? Jesus is the Lord. He dwells inside of you. But this opportunity is so much greater than you could ever imagine. We cannot afford, you cannot afford, I cannot afford for us to sit back another five years, seven years, and tell you what God is going to do because there's something God is already doing. You have got to get off the bench. You've got to get in the game. And here's what you're asking yourself. I don't know what to do. I put in my years, my, my days are over. My, my, I mean, you don't know, I've been in ministry for 50 years, I've done, I've done so much. I'm in my retirement age. It, you don't retire in the kingdom. You don't retire. You can enjoy your senior years, but you're not gonna retire. I promise you you won't retire because God will put somebody across your path, Ricky Simpkin. Ricky Simpkin's tried to retire too, but he can't even go to Walmart now without having to witness to somebody. He's down at GNC and they're calling, asking him, say, hey, I know you from somewhere. And he's going, here we go again. Okay, what am I telling you? I'm telling you that it is time to go to places and wake up every morning with a sense of purpose. I'm not trying to hype you up. I'm not trying, this is not a pep talk from the dugout or the, the locker room. This is reality. There are people sitting all around you that are experiencing what I'm telling you this morning, that you're not in Egypt anymore. You are out of that place that you once were, 
and you're in a place of life where there's nothing in front of you but the choices and responsibility that you're willing to make. If you look at the opportunity and you'll see him and you'll go, what do I do? My hands are tied. My hands are, and and I need him to help me more. I need her to help me more. If she would just quit nagging at me, if she just get over, I just can't do anymore. I'm just in a place. You're not in that place anymore. You need to start making some decisions and knocking some things off balance because the longer you put up with it, the longer God's going to put up with it. It's time to get aggressive. And I'm not talking about just getting aggressive, handing out some bologna sandwiches to people on the streets to make ourselves feel good. Was that a bad thing to say? I felt like it was a bad thing to say. Some of you looked at me funny. I'm all for helping people, right? I'm all for helping people. But bless God, if you know Olivia Bailey's testimony, you're gonna hear it in the next week or two. Olivia, Olivia, yeah, you know her? She's right behind you, Shake, shake her hand. 11 months ago, 12 months ago, out on the street, right? Out on the street, walking these streets. We drove past her. You drove past her on the way to church. Clean, sober, got a good man. Baby dedicated this morning, right? You'll hear her testimony real soon. But I I got other testimonies. Let me tell you what they are. Jake and Candace never walked the streets. Met in high school, good life, right? Good life, good kids, good families. Grew up, two beautiful boys, two beautiful. They didn't have to live the life that she lived, right? Here's what the church has done. I'm telling you, guys don't indict me for this. What we have done for the last couple of decades is we, the the worse the story, the better the champion. So our kids grow up seeing, oh my God, I wanna be just like Olivia. And Olivia's going, you don't want what I've had to go through the last three years. You don't, you don't wanna go through that. God has given us an opportunity not to come out of Egypt, we're already out of Egypt. We need a proper frame of reference of what it's supposed to look like. So our kids grow up going, that's all I know. That's what it's supposed to be. That's, that's it, there's a role model for us right there. But if they do make a mistake, there's Olivia Bailey that can come over and pick them up on the free and go, you don't have to stay this way. You don't have to stay this way. We can't champion always the mess because it becomes a trophy for the church to stand up and go, look what we've done. We gave her a bologna sandwich and a bottle of water. Bless God, no way. You know what's the best thing to happen? We stand up, she's able to stand up here next to some of these other people that didn't have to go through what she had to go through. And I'm not singling her out because she's going to give her testimony in the next couple of weeks. I'm telling you this. It's the only place where everybody together is out of Egypt. Jake and Candace standing next to Olivia and Brian. Out of Egypt. They both look ahead and go, I'm leaving here on Sunday, August 22nd, or August 26th at 12.30 in the afternoon. And we both have life looking right at us. And life's not gonna do me, I'm gonna go do the life. My baby's dependent on it, my family's dependent on it, and we're gonna go forward and we're gonna start making some right decisions and good choices, why? Why? Because the world is waiting to see who your king is as opposed to Samuel's guys looking to see the world who their king is. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? We are the model for the world. The world should not be the model for us. 
But until we get a prophetic, apostolic, pastoral voice in the church that has the courage to stand up and say, that is not it, this is. What we've been able to say over the last couple of decades is that's not it. So we sit people down and we hurt people and we offend people and we make them hurt. And they're, get them up off themselves. We've got somewhere to go. We've got something to do. We gotta see change take place and there's nothing in your past that will stop you from your good future. Nothing, as long as he is your king, you make responsible choices and move forward and you quit worrying about everything else and get caught up in everybody else's social drama, emotional junkieism, and let's get focused on what God is telling you to do. It's happening. I don't care what the parent teachers conference are saying. I don't care what they're saying over there in, the, in that church or this church or, or that business or that business. Why? Because I'm responsible for, for me and for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Stand with me. Well, let's God, let's go watch Fox News or CNN. What do you think? I'm excited about what the Lord is doing. I'm excited for you because the opportunities that are ahead of you are greater than you've ever prayed for. They just are. It's time. It's time. Are you ready? Are you ready? What do I do? You do the next right thing. When you drive out of here, whatever the Lord lays upon your heart, do it, right? Whatever that looks like. What if I fail? Get back up and try it again. What if I fail twice? Well, guess what? There's a possibility you may. Get back up and keep going again. Why? Because he's your king. He's your Lord. He directs your steps. Your steps are ordered by him. You're bright. Your future is bright. There's nothing that's out there against you that can be greater than what's God placed inside of you. Everything is working together for your good for those that love God that are called what? According to his purpose. And he's directing your steps right to his purpose. It is time. Listen, we've got four or five years, I promise you, four or five years to champion advancement, acceleration, and change for people's lives. And another generation that are already in their teenage years are gonna grow up seeing a frame of reference of what we say the church is supposed to be. If we don't paint a picture for them and show them what the real church is, the world will give them a king that they won't want to do with. It's already beginning to happen. Let's raise up and be the voice over your house, your neighborhood, your business, your school, and our church in Jesus' name. Are you ready? Amen. We'll see y'all Wednesday night. God bless you all.